I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and you're listening to the Light Reading Podcast. And we're here live at IBM's Think Event in lovely Orlando, and we're having some amazing weather this week, which is really nice. And I am joined by... I'm Patrice Macri from American Tower. And I'm Brianna Frank from IBM Cloud. Well, I'm so glad to have you both here today. Um, We've heard a lot about AI and hybrid cloud uh, today and just wanted to hear from you all how, uh, you know, IBM and also American Tower are competing in cloud computing um, and also from IBM, how you're helping service providers uh, compete with their cloud strategies. Yes, so we had some pretty interesting announcements today, a lot in the uh, AI and cloud space. You know, this IBM's been a leader in AI for quite some time, and we're focused on creating AI technologies or deploying AI solutions, but really thinking through those really unique use cases for business. And so today we announced a GPU as a service offering that allows us to bring AI into the IBM cloud on a much more robust nature. Um, and we also announced uh, something that you know Patrice and I were kind of talking about on the side, um, this concept of an IBM cloud carbon calculator, which um, helps give you some insights into your energy consumption and can um, actually reduce your carbon footprint. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, it certainly seems like a, a topic that's coming up a lot more is sustainability. So being able to measure that and keep an eye on it sounds really important and, and useful. Um, Patrice, any additional thoughts on uh, how you're working with IBM on your cloud strategy? Yeah, we've we've enjoyed the partnership and the collaboration with IBM now for, for the past uh, six or six months or so. You know, we are a, an infrastructure, digital infrastructure company, and we, we depend on and rely on partnerships and some of the leading players in the space. And IBM is bringing some pretty exciting mar- uh, products to market that complement we, what we do, which is provider of digital infrastructure for both data centers and, of course, our tower profile. So we historically have not been at the forefront of innovation when it comes to AI or any of those technologies. But we're a fast learner. Our CTO team is, and our CTO is driving sort of next-gen platform extensions for our business to look at, for example, uh, edge data centers, we're looking at how we leverage fiber more efficiently, uh, how we participate in the wireless connectivity space, the stack. We Historically, we've always been neutral host, we've been multi-tenant, multi-care, we want to be Switzerland. Um, but there's some interesting uh, developments now in private wireless that we're, we're exploring just to see what we could potentially do there. Um, and then the last one is power and energy, which is a fascinating topic for us because it's extremely relevant. We have big efforts underway in sustainability. We do our, we're a, we're a large power consumer. Uh, we do, uh, in many cases, in many markets, we are the primary power provider. We either source the power from the utility or we provision it. We're the generator, if you will, at the, at the, at the sites. In Africa, for example, uh, we were talking this morning about how we have 20,000 sites, all of them on diesel. Um, many, of course, were relying on the grid, but increasingly the carriers are saying to us, we need you to be the power provider for us at our tower sites. Uh, and that does, you know, it's great opportunities for us in solar and storage, and we're doing that across the African continent, to the point where we've made significant investments in Africa, and we want to leverage that back into the U.S. and other markets where power is, is, a, is a constant challenge, both with 5G now, but also simply because it's a big OPEX line for our carrier customers. That kind of answered my next question, which was going to be um, how you're utilizing um, some renewable energy resources. So it sounds like you plan on applying some learnings from Africa to um, the U.S. and other markets as well. 
Indeed, our center of excellence in power and energy is, in, is by far in Africa. We've been at it for 10 years. Um, we have, uh, you know, we develop with partners uh, new types of battery solutions, all lithium ion. But we're, we're right at the forefront. We're testing renewables, with solar, uh, wind in, included, um, and the ability to manage all those power assets. That's the complexity. This is where an IBM or companies like that can really add value because when you have that, we have uh, close to 18,000 sites with storage and solar. Um, managing those and, and, you, and optimizing the usage of solar and storage versus diesel is critically important. Now, there, there are algorithms we've been using with our managed uh, services providers, but in fact, we want to go to an AI uh, uh, framework whereby we're can, we can use predictive analytics, uh, digital twins. We can actually determine when some of the generators may fail, when the solar is not optimized, when the, believe it or not, when the panels need to be replaced or cleaned. Um, or even when the, um, the time of day doesn't allow for solar and we optimize based on um, needs for the carriers. Now, the, the other interesting corollary to that is I mentioned 5G and the demand for power. I mean, 5G will consume on a site basis significantly more power than 4G. Um, it does get less power, per, it does offer less power per bit, but in effect, there's, since there's a lot more bits, it's a lot more power. And that's a challenge with, for the operators in every market. And we know there are some interesting use cases coming out with mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's, um, man, you must be really busy. <laughs> that's a lot keeps, going keeps on. Keeps us busy. Keeps, it keeps us busy. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. Uh, and so, Brianna, how does um, IBM, uh, you know, see telco infrastructure and also the future of um, computing uh, evolving? And Patrice, maybe you can add on to this about um, your approach to edge computing as well. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, um, you know, I think that we've been really vocal about our view that hybrid cloud architecture is really the way to go. So, and that really means you're taking cloud and you're distributing it to on-prem at the edge or you know other public clouds, any public cloud. Um, and what we're finding is you really need to bring cloud to where the data resides. And you know, in telco is a great example of really being able to process that data, you know, where you need to at the edge. And there's so many AI, really interesting AI use cases as well at the edge where you need to be able to process the data so you get an instantaneous result. There's a lot of really interesting use cases around surveillance or even in the manufacturing um, in the manufacturing world where you might want to look at you know, quality control of, you know, your assembly line. You could, you could, you know, you could be an auto, automobile manufacturer and notice that the paint is not being applied correctly on a car. If you could see that with some video surveillance, you could instantly stop the, you know, the uh, assembly line and make some adjustments without painting a bunch of cars incorrectly. So there's a million use cases like that. And I think that's where, this, these edge use cases really start to get interesting and it's it could be safety, like it could be safety in a stadium, um, in a sporting event. It could be, um, you know, it could be all kinds, it could be safety in terms of like in a construction area, looking to see if someone's wearing a hard hat or not, or looking to see if they're wearing a mask for COVID precautions or, or something of that nature. So I think that this just opens up a lot of different, you know, interesting use cases where you need to process that data instantaneously at the edge, and you don't have time to move it. Yeah, you kind of read my mind in terms of uh, safety precautions, like you mentioned, being able to make sure people are wearing hard hats or the right um, protective equipment. So definitely a lot of different use cases there. Um, Patrice, what are your your thoughts on the importance of um, edge computing? Oh, we're we're very bullish, very committed to to establishing a model for edge computing. It's early for us. Um, one of the major strategic efforts was the acquisition of CoreSight last year for us. It really positioned us. 
uh, at the center of the data center, the metro regional large um, hyperscale type data center business. Um, and it's a fascinating platform, terrific business. Uh, we're very pleased with that. And if you think about our tower business, 225,000 towers around the world, Coursight with 30 facilities, 30 data centers uh, across 10 metros in the US. The, the middle ground of that, or the intersection of those two, the nexus is really the edge. Um, and so we, uh, we've started to plan for building and designing next-gen edge data centers, uh, you know, small, modular, uh, unstaffed facilities. And it's a new, it's a new model. I mean, when you look at data centers are all about power efficiency, PUE, about scale, about being in the right locations. We're, the metros are in are all the major NFL cities, for example. But is, uh, you know, there's a whole, we think a whole uh, sort of blank sh uh, white page, if you will, uh, of opportunities outside of those major metros. And that's where we're starting to plan for. We're going to. We're, we've announced uh, just a few a few weeks ago. We're building a few of these, or planning to build a few of these in the next several months, to really test the concept about moving not so much moving data away from the metros and the regionals, but actually creating opportunities for that data to reside uh, closer to the end user and the customer. And with IBM, we've got some really early, early discovery opportunities to to, to trial that. Yeah, we'll have to, um, you'll have to keep us posted on those developments. Certainly a lot going on there. Um, and I know you all, I, I believe, were on a um, panel earlier today. Um, do you have any highlights that you can share from that panel? And also wanted to just check on any um, developments uh, around IBM Cloud Satellite as well. Yeah, so I think we, we kind of talked a little bit about some of the use cases with um, IBM Cloud Satellite and, you know, IBM Cloud Satellite is really about taking the IBM Cloud and distributing it to wherever you need it to go. And we did have a, a you know a few use cases actually with Patrice on what that looks like. You know, the main value prop is: Do you really want to have to install and manage software at the edge? Would it be much easier for you to actually deploy from a centralized cloud console, if you will? and not have to actually staff humans in all of these different remote locations that might have these specific skills that you need. And so um, I think that's a big factor. It's like, you know, as these edge use cases take off, how do you do it in like a really seamless, frictionless way where you're not having to manage, install yourself, and then manage the day two operations? It should just work. And um, then having this dashboard of, you know, all of your workloads, being able to see where they're running and whether or not they're compliant and secure, then you can start to have these insights and you're also managing these workloads in a consistent way. And we find that often, um, you know, where you might have a security breach could be that because of a simple misconfiguration. And the more consistent you can get, the more secure you can get. So by managing these workloads in a consistent way across all of these different locations, you're really kind of reducing the risk um, and reducing the, the, the probability that you'll have a misconfiguration because everything's done in a consistent way and everything's being checked. So that's really the, those are kind of the use cases that we're seeing. And I think um, in the, in actually in the panel, Patrice mentioned, you know, having that visibility into all of the different, um, you know, locations is really, really key. Yeah, we have a handful of edge data centers uh, uh, deployed so far. Uh, plus, our in the U.S. we have 43,000 towers, and the interesting thing I mentioned the sort of the design and the modularity. That's just one aspect of it. It's how we as a company manage those assets: the physical infrastructure, uh, the the infrastructure within the data center, alarming security. Uh, 
temperature, all those things are critically important, just as they are in larger scale data centers, but how we can migrate that to the edge or combine that with what we do at the, at the, at the regional core level um, is really challenging because they have to, they have to be extremely cost efficient. I mentioned they're unstaffed, but they have to be systems in there that give the customers and partners this, the sense that this is, going to, this is going to work and function exactly as I planned. Um, the, the core site assets, if you look at some of those, they're some of the most highly connected data centers in the world. Um, you're never going to get that at the edge. You're going to get some connectivity there. You're going to get some you know, fiber providers and carriers in there. And of course, we have the mobile operators there. Um, but the other point was, this is also where 5G lives. 5G is at the edge today, and the carriers have, have embraced the mech for, for quite a few years now, at least two of them. Um, we think that's going to continue. We think we like the, the notion of having multi-cloud and multi-carrier at our tower sites because that resonates. Because now you can you can basically offload or you can you can um, uh, have user breakout at the at the edge, process those workloads for the mobile mobile networks, and not have to go all the way back tromboning all the way back into the core network. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. Um, and uh, just to close out, is there anything else that you all are looking forward to hearing about or discussing this week, or or anything else in your um, you know partnerships that you're excited about on the horizon? I think for me, you know, just generative AI is the hot topic across you know in the world today, and so every business is trying to determine how they can insert AI into you know, what they do. And I think that's really the interesting thing is like, what are the use cases that are gonna be, that are coming out? And I think that that's sparking this level of creativity that it's just taking us to a different level. And I think that's where it's just fun as a technologist because, you know, this is where this next level of, you know, thinking and ideas and, you really need a diversity of thought to come up with these like creative ideas that are going to solve problems in like really interesting ways. So, I think that's like the 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 crux and the energy that I'm feeling today in this conference. And you know what's next? And I think that the sky's the limit, and it's just a matter of you know how do we pick the next use case that we want to go you know really invest in. So it's a it's a neat time to be in technology for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't really used generative AI in any sort of, um, I suppose, productive capacity. I, I used it to see what my dog might have looked like as a puppy because he's a rescue. But <laughs> it's definitely more interesting to see, um, think of some of the of the use cases that would support enterprises and and service providers uh, move their businesses forward. Um, any any closing thoughts, Patrice? Yeah, I mean, AI for us is we're we're at the early stages from American Towers' perspective. Historically, we haven't we haven't been innovative in AI, but now we're starting to think of what can we do with our various partners and ecosystems. Learning from the clouds, learning learning from the the, the giant technologies like IBM is really beneficial to us because it it, allow, it forces us to really think about where does our data go? How do we use our data that we generate? You know, our proprietary data, and what's the potential for not only the cloud but hybrid cloud? Um, and we're you know that learning curve is pretty steep, and that's that's one of the revelations of the these sorts of events, but um, there's a nice convergence happening between the sort of world of cloud and the world of, of, of mobile, uh, and that's accelerating, and we, we want to certainly be part of that. You know, things the way they've been the last 20 years in mobile have been so exciting and, and so frenetic, but that's going to that's gonna change. It's going to be just as exciting, but there'll be, a, you know, there'll be other key players that we need to engage with, such as IBM. Yeah, certainly we're in, a, in some exciting times, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the events this week, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.